What's up everyone, Kevin Wagstaff here from Spectora. I wanted to apologize for uh, Spectora Spotlight not coming out every week um, recently. We have a lot of things going on, a lot of fun, exciting features, initiatives, things we're putting out there. Um, But I am gonna try to get back on track to getting one out there every week. Um, assuming I can get the guests lined up. So getting a hold of people as we get into busy season might be difficult. Um, but today we have Bullet Tremblay, one of our earliest users down in Arizona. Very colorful personality, um, someone that just struck me from the beginning as just being a really fun guy and someone that um, is just a joy to kind of talk to and be around. Um, he definitely brings a very um, kind of aspirational, motivational, uh, metaphysical view on life and home inspections. And so, um, yeah, we, we kind of go all over the place, but a fun conversation nonetheless. And I think his outlook and personality and zest for life alone um, can be an inspiration and motivation for um, inspectors out there. So hope you enjoy it and feel free to reach out to him if you want to get in touch. Thanks. I'm doing excellent. How you doing? You got some snow? May May 9th. Yeah, I always t- t- get a kick out of looking at exactly how far into May we are when we get a snow. Just yeah. a dusting though, not bad. Yeah, the reason I don't live in Upper Michigan now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing you don't have snow in Arizona in May or ever. Uh if if we could go play, we could. But the <laughs> advantage is then we can drive away from it. Indeed. And to come back into where it's 80 degrees. Yeah. So how is, um, how's spring been and how's the year going for you overall, all things considered? Spring, let us not be cliche, but is springing forward. The industry is jumping. People are becoming unafraid to purchase homes again, it seems. <laughs> and we're right there ready to serve them and help them get to where they need to be. I love it. I love it. Um, well, yeah, we're rolling. So let's just uh, let's let's introduce you. Tell people who you are, where you're from, what the heck you do in this world. <laughs> ah, vast, vast. <clears throat> well, I'm Bullet Tremblay. I'm a Upper from Upper Michigan originally, and now I'm with my lovely wife and two daughters down in southeastern Arizona, and uh, we we do all kinds of fun and fantastic things. But uh, the rule is that we don't use the term jack of all trades because I don't like the ending of the phrase. We desire to have mastery in whatever it is we're doing at that time. Yes, I love it. And you are in Safford, Arizona? Yes, Safford, Arizona. I looked it up actually. uh, Did you? Population of 9,500 people. <laughs> yeah, the whole valley has about uh neighboring towns has about 30 to 50,000, but it's kind of scattered. Yeah, I noticed that looking at the map, I was acquainting myself with kind of the area. Lots of towns just all kind of scattered throughout that area. Yes. Great great diversity in in types of properties, types of homes, types of people, uh surroundings, uh activities, all kinds of variety out here. I bet. Do they give you crap for your accent down there? Um, your your northern, your upper peninsula accent. Oh yeah, they think <laughs> I'm Canadian. I'm sort of I'm sort of Michiganian. <laughs> but yeah, our Canadian yep. listeners will, will love it. They always uh, we they always oh yeah comment about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's my vowels give me away. I love it. So how? Thinking back, how did we meet? Was it just, I remember, I kind of, I've pretty, kind of vaguely remember our first phone call and um, you stumbled across Spectora and I think we jumped on the phone right away, like the next day, right? Yeah, we did. We did. I was out here. We helped pioneer the licensed trade in the state of Arizona. And uh, before like 2002-ish, there wasn't a licensed trade. So there was no standardization for how home inspections were being done Mm -hmm. like other trades, plumbers, electricians, construction, you know, labs, essayers, whatever. And so the real estate industry really wanted to buckle down and have their own version of a standardized uh, method of home inspection. So the state of Arizona adopted ASHI 
and coordinated with the real estate board and they developed a licensed trade. So in 2004, we started our business and uh, saw a need and filled it. And we love, like you guys, being entrepreneurs, to be in the creation phase of something, to create something of value, something that's, you know, really, really helps people. Uh, one of my favorite and our favorite uh, quotes from Richard Branson is if, and I've sent you this picture, <laughs> yep. if you aren't making a difference in other people's lives, you shouldn't be in business. It's that simple. So we helped pioneer the trade. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, but it, that's, that's one of our, our fierce disciplines. Also uh, being, not to run off on a tangent, but it's, it's also our goal in our, in our business between my wife and I that uh, our goal is to prepare anybody for their best inspection experience possible, regardless of who they use to inspect. I love this for a couple of reasons and I want to dig into your philosophy, like how I get the feeling it's a lifelong thing, but you started in 04. Did you always have this approach to this particular industry, home inspections to say, okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right and provide value. Or is this something that evolved over time? It's pretty much what's built in. It's, it comes natural and this just helped, you know, foster, that kind of, you know, care in another arena of life that further expanded our circle of influence and provided a service of value to people to give them peace of mind. Sure, sure. So in 04, did you, got, did you go full-time at that point or were you still, did you have other things going on? Well, here's the fun part. I think we've talked about this. Um, whatever we do, we do wholeheartedly. There's nothing done on the side. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so we, we still have other activities going on in life, but is when, whatever the needs are in the industry, we work our best to accurately and proficiently fill the needs. So sometimes depending on the, uh, the industry in our area, um, we work very full time, if not triple time. And other times, you know, there's scarcity or we book ourselves with some quality time off. Yeah. And so I also, I, I also through inspection ended up working and being in, uh, a part of the copper mining industry in the area. So I still actually do work full time at a copper mine here locally and full time as an inspector. <laughs> and <clears throat> I love that. I love that you bring this up. I want definitely want to dig into this as and and talk about the balancing act. Um, what got you? What yes. in '04? What got you into home inspections? What What was the thing that made you say, "Okay, I'm going to do this"? Well, it's it's. I don't take it lightly. It's a blessing. It's very flattering and humbling at the same time. But we were very much visible and working in different types of industries and services in the area. Mm -hmm. And so the, the president of the real estate board at that time knew us and approached us explaining that the licensed trade was coming into effect, that people were paying exorbitant, exorbitant fees for people out of Phoenix and Tucson hours away to get home inspections and part of their concern was there was no standardization. Mm. So they wanted to have the opportunity to have a licensed inspector for the upcoming licensed trade that will be required for the state at the launch point. They wanted someone locally here that fulfilled the needs and had everything in place to be able to help grow the licensed trade. And so the president of the real estate board, knowing us, knowing our energies and excitement and inquiring minds approached several people in town. Um, there were, there were many people in town who were very, you know, equipped and very competent to do home inspections, you know, contractors, handymen, <clears throat> stuff like that. Um, none, none of which between all of us are better and or lesser in doing this, but as far as getting the license trade done and pursuing it and continuing education, 
we were the only people at that time that actually fulfilled it. And to do that, um, that required, you know, the accredited schooling, the uh, background checks, the licensing, the bonding. The interesting thing is my nickname, Bullet, my trademark. It was shortly after 9-11, there was still this tumultuous, uh, scared environment in the government. So I had to literally put my nickname down there because it had anything to do with ballistics. And it could have deferred my bonding and my licensing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, which is crazy, but you know, that's the world we live in. Yeah. And so, um, so my wife and I, when, you know, we talked about, you know, what it could do, what it could provide. And, um, we thought, yeah, this is, this is right up our alley. We can accomplish this. And, uh, so we pursued, they had someone in mind and I mentored and did my 30 parallel inspections with a gentleman in Tucson who had been coming to the area who was willing. So I went, I went through the process of traveling to Tucson on my days off. I was on the road at that time with a food delivery service. And um, that's not to say, hey, look at me. That's just what it took to happen. Because another principle I think we talked about in the past through our conversations is that, you know, there's a, there's a phrase out there that's true. And it is, if it's important enough, you make a way, otherwise you make an excuse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have so many great quotes. That's part of why I wanted to have you on here is that you're full of this wisdom and energy, um, which we'll get into in a little bit, but, um, yeah, I appreciate you. Giving, <laughs> appreciate you giving us the background there. Um, well, I appreciate being appreciated. Eh? <laughs> so you talk about, I, I'm sitting here having to exhale because of the, the latency and the signal I'm hearing and to make sure that I can speak at a palatable rate of speed. It's <laughs> perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> so you mentioned, the, you mentioned the copper mine. So I think this is a very important thing to talk about because there are a ton of inspectors mm -hmm. that um, do have two full-time jobs or they do part-time mm -hmm. with a job. And then as they ramp up inspections, how long have you done dual um, kind of full-time jobs with the copper mine and home inspections? Well, if, if this makes any sense, both have been almost parallel to one another because I, I, I left Copper Country out in the Great White North, eh? Um, I left Copper Country up in the UP to come out to the Southwest and have a culture shock, <laughs> and, uh, which is fine, but, um, and be different and get a degree and work in the industry, which I did do, but in the late 80s, that ended. And so I started other things, uh, one of which is I started doing high-speed joyful delivery deeds. And so I grabbed a, a job at a, a company in Albuquerque, and one day I came down to a local restaurant here, a franchise, knocked on the back door, da, 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 and uh, went, hi, I'm Bullet, I'm here to make you delivery. And oh, yo, 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 tractor beam. There is my now wife. <laughs> we were eye to eye. <laughs> it, was, it was meant to be. So the funny part is I came out here for uh, culture change, uh, find myself as it were, et cetera, et cetera. Um, not have to shovel snow eight months, 10 months out of the year. Hmm. And, <laughs> and so I met my wife. We have our daughters out here. We're growing across, you know, the, the expanse of the Southwest, loving it. And so um, I end up in a town that has a copper industry. So I, I left what I thought was the, the great plan to get away from copper. And because of life's travels, I'm back in copper. So to actually tie this together and put something, you know, cohesive to it, um, there, was a, there was a boom in the copper industry back then. And I was doing home inspections for the upper echelon that were flogging into the area for the copper mine out here. And many of them attended their inspections. And some of them were, you know, like corporate reload kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And many of them were ex-oil ex field people like me. And this fledgling copper mine that's out here, they said, hey, <clears throat> oh, yeah. And then we talked about, you know, similar similarities in the industry. And they said, why don't you come out and and work with us out here. And I said, okay, just don't get me bored. 
but I'm, I'm willing to come out and be part of something. There's, you know, all kinds of days off and, you know, great benefits. And this is before the downturn of real estate. My wife and I talked about it, prayed about it, sat down and said, what's it going to hurt? Because, Hey, who knows what's going to happen in the real estate industry in the future. And boom, of course it took a dip. And so that sustained us to, to keep a lifestyle and, and provide for ourselves while we were still doing inspections uh, wherever we were requested. And, and when the downturn came, a lot of the upper echelon who we worked for in the first place were transferred and or moved on to other industries or other companies. And then it was flattering to have them call us to go to other parts of the state to do their new inspection at their new location in their new homes. <laughs> so it just helped us expand. And because we we're able to provide, you know, a conscientious, open, honest, educational, energetic experience at, at the inspection, they trusted our work and that's a huge blessing. And I don't take that for granted. We're very thankful for that. And so we've worked diligently for like 12 years in both industries parallel to each other. Wow. Tell, tell me a little bit about balancing those two together. Cause it, you make it sound easy, but there's a <laughs> lot of folks that have problems. I think coordinating one with the other scheduling. What's that balancing mm -hmm. act like? <laughs> and I appreciate that you make it, you think I make it sound easy, <laughs> but it's part of the creation phase <clears throat> is I'm still working on it. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. Ah, there we go. And, but, um, balance is, you know, excitement, growing your business, getting your name out there, getting your, your, your knees scraped a few times, you know, going through the pains of creation, which is also makes it very personal. Um, you know, Getting out there as far as balance, it's just have a plan. Somehow, some way, at least write down your goals. This is one of the, you know, these are basic business principles and life principles. Mm -hmm. But it, it does help to sit back and have things at least sketched out. Step back, look at them, come back to them, whatever it is. But decide in your heart what you want to accomplish and know what's important. You don't want to sacrifice family or character in the endeavor that that ultimately has to say immovable, but just having a plan and being a little extra proactive and know that when you trip and fall, so what that is just an event that is not a final destination. Love it. How, from what you've told me at the Copper Mine, you're pretty much, you're underground or you're out of service. You, you aren't answering calls basically. So how did you deal with, hey, I need an inspection tomorrow. I, <laughs> I need it within three days. Um, you didn't answer. Like, I'm, I'm aspiring home inspectors probably will want to know this answer of how to deal with that as you're trying to you know grow both correct well here's the cool part just be in your business make ways to communicate um you've heard my voicemail yep <laughs> it's 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 a little long but it's very informative it's open and explains you know how you'll hear from me when you'll hear from me and there's options um create Systems, first of all, create systems and tools either by voicemail, by, by an answering service, subscribe to a service if you need to, create your web page, create some kind of customer relation uh, service when you're building your business. You know, that a lot of these things don't have to be um, expensive or even at cost except for your time for setting them up. But the first thing is, going back to defining what you want and being determined in what you want to accomplish and not being afraid to get scraped up and get back up again when you're busy and yeah, you don't get calls, just do what you can and, and know 
and be at peace to know that you can only control what you can control and don't be manipulated by other people's emotions as, as hard as that may seem sometimes, sometimes you just need to step back and exhale, listen to the angry voicemail again, <laughs> look at the angry text <laughs> and just really do a litmus test and realize that you can only control what you can control. And as long as you do your best, don't, don't react. If you know what I mean, just because someone swings a bat at you, I'm not saying don't duck, but <laughs> realize, <laughs> realize that you, you, you can only control what you can control. Be at peace to do your best and just be honest and open to show your vulnerability. Because if you've noticed there used to be, you know, things are always cyclic. They go in cycles, whether it's mindset for business, mindset for life, eat eggs, don't eat eggs, eat eggs, don't eat eggs. <laughs> These things right. always go up and down, come back and forth. <clears throat> there is another principle that is actually timeless that has returned that people need to realize is, you know, everybody wants to have rhino skin be tough, you know, but you can be at peace. You can make sure that people understand they should not mistake your kindness for weakness. But you can also know that being vulnerable or being, of, being able to show your vulnerability is not a weakness. It is actually a strength. So know that mistakes are going to happen. Don't be afraid to show your vulnerability. Take the calls. Do what you can. Do what you can to set up a service or, or a system to help you take care of your business. And just do your best and step back every day, every week, every month. Look at what's happening. Reach out to someone in, I'm going to give a shameless plug here, the Spectora user group. There's a lot of fantastic people from diverse types of industries, diverse types of backgrounds, and different type, you know, commercial, residential, mold, remediation. You know, there's people that are involved in lots of different things, along with home inspection. And reach out and just throw those questions out into the group and see what kind of resources come back to you. You'd be amazed at what's there. And there's, there's a key principle. Don't be afraid as part of your vulnerability to ask for help. Oh, so much, so many gems in there that I want to highlight. Um, getting the systems in place. I think most inspectors think you have to answer the phone and speak to someone and make them happy every time. So have your voice, have Correct. your emails right, have your website mm -hmm. right, have alternative, alternative places where people can reach you. So that's great. Um, I love your, yes. what you said, do not be manipulated by others' emotions. That's like a life lesson there. That's like a mind-blowing life lesson. <laughs> I mean, how often do we react um, in our industry to realtors, to clients? And in a certain degree, you have to, mm -hmm. but Correct. not being manipulated. So I love that. Um, mm -hmm how you react right and then vulnerability not you know, exactly uh, not exactly contractors or men of the trades uh, strongest point is showing vulnerability i can say that after speaking to hundreds <laughs> of inspectors over the you know a week or month oh yeah it but it's the most endearing <laughs> yeah. quality that draws people to you and you could probably speak on just being likable as an inspector makes people refer you right and vulnerability is part of likability yes <clears throat> yes, absolutely. That um, sometimes, I'm sure nobody's ever experienced this. <laughs> you have your fee schedule set up. You know, whether or not you did any market research or looked at neighboring areas and looked to build, um, you know, flow charts. We, we have a whiteboard in our office. We have a whiteboard wall because we're visual thinkers. We hash and do, and my daughter sneaks in and draws flowers, and my wife comes in and leaves me love notes, and I deliver love notes on hers in the kitchen, and or don't forget this, don't forget, you know, it's cool. And so that has nothing to do with anything. But as far as taking care of business like you're talking about, um, the, the reactivity, what was the question again? <laughs> Just you're about talking about vulnerability. 
Yeah, about how vulnerability, just showing that to agents and clients makes you more likable, which is part of the reason why agents oh. recommend inspectors is because they're like, oh, I like this person. Yes. Yes, that, that was, <laughs> thank you. Train's back on the track here, eh? Choo-choo. Um, what is happening is many times, like I said, um, this has never happened to anybody before I know, and I'm being facetious. I get the calls. Hey, I want to use you, but can you do it for a cheaper price? The way you could react to that is, is part of these likability things. <laughs> I personal, I personally explain to folks, you know, we give hero discounts for people that work for, you know, department of corrections, police, first responders, EMTs, nurses, anybody that, you know, brings value to people when they leash expect to need it and you know all that kind of stuff firefighters um but if you know people when they realize we do that they refer people because their friends are one of all of those um we do in our conversation discuss like the philosophy and the discipline that we have about preparing people for the best experience possible regardless of who they use a lot of times when I don't fluctuate in my price, people call me back anyway because of likability and <laughs> realizing that transparency. Um, other people that are, you know, stone cold, no way, we're not going to use. I've had people tell me, we're not going to use you, but we'd like to know what your price would be. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> that, that one right there, I can imagine how a majority of any kind of human being would respond to that. But also, like you're saying, the trades, not necessarily, you know, Dale Carnegie trained, you know, right. Maxwell trained Ziegler fans. Of course, I could imagine what that would do to some people. Um, a, a nugget about likability, um, instead of saying, you know, responding and saying, no, my price is my price, which is how some people handle it. Um, we like to soften the blow a little bit by saying, I appreciate your concern and I understand the economics involved in this process that you're in, but I just want to clarify that you're not questioning my value in the industry. Is that the reason for the reduction in price? Wow. That's powerful. And sometimes people just say, <laughs> well, thank you. But it's, but it's, but it's real. And it, it really, it's, it's not a ninja mind trick, although it kind of works like one. <laughs> kind of does. Yeah. You kinda. know, <laughs> it kind of does, you know, but, um, there, that, like you're saying, there's ways to train yourself and build character and, and, you know, authentic vulnerability authentic likability as long as you're authentic in how you're doing it and not caustic you know there's authentic caustic you know burn people's skin off but as long as you're authentic in doing what you're doing and it's not a script then the, the dynamics of the whole conversation will change the dynamics of your whole life will change and I want to add on to that in order to respond authentically about value or whatever it is you're <clears throat> trying to communicate, you have to truly believe it. So for new inspectors, you may need to do some work and truly believing what your value is or truly believing what you're bringing to the table that does cause you to charge more. It can't just be because you want more money. It's got to be that you truly believe there's value. <laughs> there. uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. That's an awesome point. Kevin. Awesome. And, and, it's, and it's real. And go ahead. Let's I want to, yeah, I want to dig into your, and you can finish your thought there after, uh, after I ask this question, I want to dig into your kind of personal brand um, of, of inspections. Cause you mentioned earlier, a conscious approach that provides value that really prepares people. You're using words that not all home inspectors use. So I want you to, can you elaborate a little mm -hmm. on kind of how you go deeper and make it more of a transparent process rather than, Hey, here's an inspection. Here's a report. Correct. Okay. 
awesome question and, and true. Because, you know, the goal also overall, I heard this years ago and it was absolutely riveting. The goal is to not to be understood. The goal is rather to not be misunderstood. <laughs> we, the, our, our first approach in doing all of this was what kind of inspection is required by the SOP, the standards of practice. And let's expand on that and let's take this and make this not only an inspection that meets all the legal, moral, and ethical criteria, but what kind of inspection would we want personally if this was being handed to us? What is the absolute best and or flexible way to have what's required and keep yourself out of litigation? but also make it palatable and understandable to the masses, it needs to be deep enough and open enough that whoever walks up to it could read it and not know anything about a home or a home inspection and understand it, but also meet all the criteria in your SOP. So we just wanted to be just like everything else, just be real. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, okay. yeah. And that's probably just one piece of kind of what you strive for. I imagine it's one part of kind of the things you provide. Yes. Yeah. I just thought of something that had happened years ago when I was working on, you know, there's, there's other, you know, usable and likable types of software and reporting systems out there that are still, you know, updating and used right now. But many of them, because of the litigious world that we live in and to meet the requirements, have a lot of, you know, the, you know, we have statements that have to do with plumbing and electrical and stuff like that that explain the standards. But then there's, there's, there's other engineering speak and or, you know, trade speak in the, a lot of softwares that are, you know, they, they meet a legal requirement as far as saying, hey, this could be also present, but isn't at the time of inspection. You know, there was a, a lady who was a widower. She was like 80 years old. She had to downsize, leaving her family home that her, her, her husband built. So she's in an extremely emotionally um, volatile state. She's leaving everything that she knows. She's having to you know, take a 3,000 square foot house full of memories and move into a 800 square foot, you know, in-laws quarters or whatever, or, you know, a 1,200 square foot house. But she doesn't want to leave what she has known her whole life. So, you know, I've been around inspectors that, you know, they're out there to put on a show and it's all about them. <laughs> and so this, this goes on kind of a different tangent. But, you know, they're like, you know, they're not paying attention to the character type or the personality type of the person or the client that they're serving. And so, wow, would you look at that crack? And it's just a common settling crack in the corner of a manufactured home that just had saturated ground from water. Clearly, there is, you know, some steps that are going to be taken. Our recommendation is, you know, for the revaluation in a more technically exhaustive manner by a licensed professional who is either an engineer or is familiar with and competent in the phases or the processes of leveling manufactured homes. But there's, there's some teachers out there or people that speak about the what ifs and don't talk about the facts. And so the what ifs that are involved in a lot of these, these inspection softwares aren't talking about facts that are present they're just there to cover their legal bases and it blows deals out of the water you know i had i was working with one in the past and so in growing and finding my way and wanting to create my own which is how we met a disclaimer out there you don't get to create your own inspection service through spectora <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> um but, you know, there's in the growing phase, I was approached by 
several different realtors because the system I was using had all that engineering speak that was totally confusing and it couldn't be segregated from the individual structural exterior electrical plumbing. You know, it's, it's just uh, the stuff that goes with the standard statements that right. does that make sense. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so there's, you got to make sure that thing, you know, it created misunderstanding. It covered all the bases I'm doing in due diligence, you know, uh, a complete thorough accurate inspection but because there were items in there, I had to look for options to see if I could configure my software and or my approach to make sure that we weren't misunderstood because you have all these extra little, you know, things in there that might cause misunderstanding. So Absolutely. over time, over time, you know, I, we, we created a, a template on my Mac in pages and you know picture placeholders this whole nine yards and so i was building that in a template every time out in the field on my ipad or my iphone oh wow but then having to use yeah but it, it became what the product that was delivered was just fine-tuned and polished to a way that gives us the results that we have in spectora but spectora takes it to a whole nother level by making, excuse me, everything completely self-contained as far as communication, notifications, automation, settings, templates, payments, you know, let, we'll talk about that later. Um, agreements, you know, the legal document, the agreement is a major, major issue in the transaction. And when you go for E&O, you know, your, your company that you apply to and or if there ever is a claim, they want to know that you've got a signed agreement in place. And so I'm going on another, another tangent here under the features, but um, shameless plug on Spectora. <laughs> Thank you. We, the template, and <laughs> you're welcome. You're, um, the product in the, the, that we were delivering sort of became a standard that was expected but it wasn't done in the most efficient way. And I was having to use, you know, third party uh, billing software and having to follow up on payment and having, you know, having to do all these extracurricular activities that were taking away from my effective family time or inspection time. And so like when we met kind of stepping ahead of like, other conversations perhaps I was looking into a company that was compiling my PDF, creating the data and putting all these things into place. SQL databases, the whole nine yards, let's go geek speak here. But, um, you know, that, that, you know, it was, a, it was at a time when, you know, that it was taking too long and I was having to spend one of the selling points of a lot of softwares and especially sector, another shameless plug, you know, I'd spend three hours out in the field or four or five, which is a really complicated, large, or had a lot of items of interest home. And then I'd come home and unload my DSLR and put the rest of the pictures in. And I might spend another two or three hours at home in my office. Well, that one inspection, including driving drive time, might have taken eight or 12 hours, depending on where it's at, all together. Whereas now, you know, we have people that ask questions. Um, well, anyway, that goes on a whole other tangent about if you're making a difference in other people's lives, you shouldn't be in business. It's that simple. It's just efficiency. You know, a, another goal is to, this is on so many different tangents, I understand, but the goal is not to please people in business. Our goal is to amaze people. Give them something that is beyond the value that they expected. I love it. Plain and simple. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I appreciate you sharing all that. Cause yeah, it's, you, you were, you were all about efficiency. I noticed that from the beginning. So from our first conversation, you, you cared about <laughs> aspects and features that others just didn't, which was intriguing and, and, you know, immediately made me respect you more. Um, 
<laughs> cool. And I respect you guys major. It was, it was like we were talking. We just like, where were we for the, the rest of our lives? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and just the, the, I think the energy and joy you seem to bring to life and business and everything was very contagious and very appreciated um, for, on our end. So I, I want to talk about that in a second. Um, <laughs> But let's cool. let's dive into Bye. your diverse interests and skill set because I know you've mentioned kind of almost <laughs> passing some things over the years. And I was like, oh wow, he. I think like biking, public sp or motivational speaking. Um, you, know, you mix in the copper mine. <laughs> so you mm -hmm. tell us a little more about things other than home inspections that you do and are interested in. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to blame my dad. <laughs> <laughs> my mother was an RN and I energetic, loud, crazy, amazing lady. And we lost her like 30 years ago. And so, but then, you know, then there's my dad, the dynamic duo they were. He was an educator, a teacher, a motivator. He if anybody has ever seen the movie, Mr. Holland's Opus, he was that person and that type of teacher and beyond. He, you know, real men cry. I weeped at the end of that movie because it was such an incredible representation of what my dad had created, you know, transcending reality, time, space, you know, social, demographic, finance, whatever. You know, he, he just reached people in a way that was so dynamic and so natural and so real. It was just odd, but cool. He was, you know, he was a business teacher. He took, you know, he taught typing. I was an angry young man. I don't know how to type. <laughs> um, because I didn't <laughs> take his class. When he would come visit, he would say, daughter, to my wife, Linda, come do this. I can't watch because I'm sitting, you know, pecking with six fingers. <laughs> and so, but he used to have every minute of every day planned on three by five cards. He never let you be a victim, never let you have a bad day, never let you be a stranger, never knew a stranger, you know, and I'm, I just I used to grow up thinking, that's crazy. Who could live that way? Finger point, finger point, you know? And so, and he was a, and he was a, you know, a mentor, a dad, uh, a teacher in so many ways. And he, he was a public speaker and he spoke for, you know, Knights of Columbus for fraternal organizations. He's spoken on Mackinac Island at the Grand Hotel, big crazy cool place out in the water out there. And so he had this. And so naturally, it, you know, I, I used to think that I was going to go out and be different, but the more, the more steps I took in life, the more I realized I am my father's son. Mm -hmm. And so I just nat I naturally gravitated towards, you know, energy, um, uh, life coaches, people that grow people. Um, he used to hand out these little, you know, craft paper things called a round to it. Have you ever seen them? I haven't. <laughs> um, it'd be a this circle of paper. My mom would sketch them out and then he'd make copies and then she'd cut them out of this, you know, like the old craft paper, like when we actually made things out of paper and arts and crafts. And it was round, T-U-I-T, to it, like suet, I guess. Mm -hmm. But no, that's with an E. But so when people, you'd ask for people's uh, homework, oh, Mr. T, I didn't get around to it. Oh, you didn't, hold on. <laughs> and he'd go give them, here you go. Now you have a round to it. Round to it. <laughs> so they never had, yep, he never had, he never had an excuse. So he, he did this, and then the more I grew, into adulthood. I didn't say grow up, but grew into adulthood. Um, the more my wife would tell me, my daughters would tell me, Oh, that's just like grandpa. And so <laughs> it just naturally came out that I am my father's son. So I years ago when I was in college, uh, some people that owned a Harley Davidson shop in Roswell, New Mexico. Um, one of my friends worked there, Dave, and he says, you got to come with us tonight because they always did team building and things with Zig Ziglar back in the day and all this kind of stuff. And 
So the fun part is, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, but there's people who are gifted and or people who provide a way of bringing older or previous generation core principles to the present and then passing that on to the future and hopefully leaving this, leaving the value or adding value to it as it goes forward. You know, there was Earl Nightingale back in the day, his byproduct is Zig Ziglar byproducts of him are people like, you know, Richard Branson, uh, John Maxwell, and, you know, things just keep going forward and forward and forward. What I appreciate about the industry, and there's, this is going to tie together, I promise, um, is as the industry has grown, when we found each other, we're taking the core principles and what used to be from, you know, paper to digital, semi-digital to the future of a connected world and the social world that we live in. What I think resonated with between us in just life and energies and likenesses and what we like to see accomplished is I appreciate shameless plug again in Spectora is we're taking ourselves and adding value to the next generation of home inspectors in the connected and digital world. And that just, it's, 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 it's exciting to see how these things all transcend and how they all grow. And so, you know, my dad, I follow through and I become the next generation and adding value and hopefully growth and achievement and leaving a proper legacy like he did. So that's, that's how that kind of thing came about. And um, what else do you want to know? There's music, there's bikes, there's drums. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to blame my, I'm going to blame my dad for all of that. Actually. You yeah. know, tell us about oh, music. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I thought you wrote a book or something too, or was that someone else? Well, here's what's happening. We're writing several books, but the first priority since my dad passed several years ago is that because he was this sought after MC, public speaker, he always had a joke to tell you. He has a mini autobiography with jokes that he's known for telling, some original, some not, but the gift comes with being able to tell the story. Um, there's a scholarship fund in my hometown that will be connected to the sale of this book. So I'm helping finish that self-published and ebook on demand book as we speak. Wow. So he has this book related to that and so proceed to that sale. And I really honestly think that's gonna, this is this is teaching me how I'm gonna pursue the books and little snippets and or little anecdotes that I want to get out there. To, to, to help people have a better life. Not like I have all the answers. I'm not a doctor, nor have I played one on TV. But, you know, that, that's where the book conversation came in. Got it. Got it. Now, what about music? You said you mentioned music. <laughs> well, I was a little extra energetic as a child. And, you know, when it used to say ADHD in the dictionary, it said see bullet. But... Um, <laughs> part of the reason my wife loves me so much and yeah. And so, um, in grade five, it was by suggestion of the music teacher that my folks got me a, a drum and it just blossomed into the fact that, uh, drums were a gift that was hidden. I just needed among other things, a way to channel my energy into something productive. Plus it helped me with math. Oddly enough. <laughs> Because musicians are generally good in math because you have to use a lot of numbers and or format. So it does something to train the brain. And then I uh, grew up, I was in a prog metal band. If anybody's familiar with like Dream Theater, just, uh, you know, Intense or Spock's Beard, you know, extremely musical, but uh, full of great content kind of stuff, kind of music. Um, I play drums in that kind of arena, but I also have always migrated to like Latin percussion which is, I guess, another reason that God brought me down here. And here I am with my, my wife and my kids and Latin culture and all kinds of cool stuff. So I played also Nuevo Flamenco, you know. I call it emotions and atmospheres. You know, shakers and congas and boxes and bells and whatever makes a sound, I'll play it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> 
you know, and I, and I think that all of this, what this pieces together is that it, it all contributes to, I think your, your perspective on, on your job and career and home inspections is because you have all these other interests. And I think that's what sometimes home inspectors can fall victim to is getting sucked into just doing more inspections and more and more and more work, work, work. And then they yeah, stop, they stop kind of enjoying other things and they get, they get kind of bottled up. And so that's just my, I guess my, Correct. what I observe a little bit out there. Yes. You know that, you know, that's actually a key component in inspections and in life. Cause I have been the consummate workaholic before. Mm-hmm. When I worked in oil fields, I had many paychecks that were 168 hours a week. Whew. That's like, every minute of every day. Yeah. How many hours are even in the week? <laughs> 168. Oh, all right. There you go. <laughs> Literally. Everybody has the same 88,400 minutes or uh, 88,400 minutes in a day, I guess. Or is that seconds? Anyway. I digress, but it's what you do with them. You know, um, I think it's very important and I've learned, uh, trial and error. I've learned the hard way to, you need to take some time to decompress as much as you want to go, 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 go. Or if it's financial and you want to make money, make money, make money, that's fine. But if you always pouring out and you don't do anything that pours back in, you're going to destroy yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, in every way possible. You will go bankrupt in one or all of those areas of your life. So having a form of expression or a hobby, I don't care if it is one of my dad's funny little anecdotes, underwater basket weaving. (laughs) (laughs) Find, find an outlet, even if it's, Something as simple as we schedule, this may sound silly, but it's so needy in this day and age, we schedule airplane mode time. Oh. Disconnect. Even if it's 15 minutes in a day or if it's two days straight, the advantage going back to systems and smart business building and is I found out because my wife said, Hey, what if we just do this? And so we did it. I had one time, two days, not working, not inspecting, just chilling, hanging, doing whatever. And when I fired back up, the amazing thing was the world was still glued together. <laughs> right. It was, Every, the business was still Everything there. was fine. Yep. I, I, I had the involuntary buzzing feeling in my leg, thinking my phone was going off. No, it might have just been an alarm. But um, do, do something that connects you to something outside of your business, you know? Yeah. And there is a, there is a, there is a business principle and a, and a life principle that states and is truth that when you have a goal, you know, on, on top of the fact that when you set a goal and you're going to have extra adversity come at you, that's just to test you to see if you really want it. So prove adversity wrong and do it. Don't say I can't, don't say you can't do that. We'll say, watch me. But um, know that, that, well, here's, here's, here's the principle that I was talking about to start out with. When you set a goal or you want to do something, you want to accomplish something better, not only will you have adversity to, to see if, if you really got the stuff to make it happen, but you have to give up some of what you want more of later. Now, does that make sense? So nice. if you want more time later, oh, go ahead. No, no, no that makes sense. Yeah, I said yeah, that. Okay, my, my phone was skipping. Yeah. So you're going to have to sacrifice some time now to have more time later. But it's worth it. Just know that it's worth it. Even when you feel like an elephant stepping on your chest and you, you know, 
forgot something or you have to turn around and pay for, you know, an additional inspection because you skipped over something. I'm not saying that, you know, happened with us, but I've heard the stories, you know, get into the trade magazines, get into whatever it takes to grow. First of all, you as a person, and that will naturally as a byproduct grow you in your business. Love it. I want to be respectful of your time here. We got a few minutes left, but I want to ask you <laughs> about any current trends you're seeing or where you think kind of the future of real estate is, you know, whether you're talking one, three or five years out. Um, oh, I know mm -hmm. what I wanted to ask you before you answer that. I wanted to ask you, have you ever been tempted to put mm -hmm. your foot on the gas even more on the home inspection side? and grow that to be a full-time thing? Or did the recession kind of make you say, you know, I like having my balance between um, the sure thing with another job? The answer is yes, and the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're, you know, hit it full gas, full-time. Um, there may be something occurring in the near future that will help do that. Um, I do like having the balance and the security of the, of the mine. And I love being part of it because I do have some integral um, responsibilities out there. And I mean, I run the dispatch panel. I do run some of the, uh, the, the blast hole drills but I'm also relied on and I'm thankful for, you know, leadership, the unexpected mindset anecdotes that get brought up in safety shares and open meetings. Um, being, being available and part of that is great, but I'm also open to know that I, I have the life that I have chosen and if we want to imbalance hit the gas or relocate and do like uh, is it Gary. He was in one of the other podcasts. Oh, or is it Knutson? Yeah, Scott. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. Do, do what he's done, you know, um, to start over or go to a new place. We do have connections in the industry to other more metropolitan areas or other areas of the state where we've worked. And I truly believe that if we wholeheartedly pursued that, you know, we would have opportunity there. Oh yeah. It's just whether or not you have, you know, the guts or the faith to take the stand or make a plan and act on it and do it. Um, I, I appreciate and love what I get to do in both arenas, but the, the, uh, we truly own our inspection business. So everything that goes great is all on us. And if it goes bad, <laughs> then it's all on us. Yep. But I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the possibilities. You know, to have the option sounds beautiful. So it sounds like to be, to be continued. <laughs> um, and, and you mentioned it is actually, You mentioned an interesting oh, point though with um, the network of, <clears throat> you know, not just home inspectors, but also the Spectora network. Like there's a lot of possibilities that can come about for people that want to either have more work or less work or join a bigger company. Um, there's just a lot that can happen with the power of networking. So that was all I wanted to say. Yes, it is true. Um, I heard some conversations about, you know, the recent uh, conferences you guys have been at. Um, we've talked about, let's talk about the future of real estate. One thing that we've appreciated with and have always built, um, into our business integrally is to be able to have the high touch, but with the high tech. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there isn't really very many people left on the planet, regardless of age or generation that aren't connected or technologically savvy enough to embrace what we have in the industry as far as technology, you know, e-signing documents, et cetera. 
And I'm going to do another shameless plug for anybody that might be on the fence about Spectora. Like we spoke of in, in the beginning, uh, Kevin, was, mm-hmm. you know, efficiency systems. Um, I was out there spending time and some expense, financially money, uh, compiling data, attempting to create and host my own system. But that was taking so much of my time away from my effective inspection and business building that it wasn't worth it. And so looking at the expense of the subscription for Spectora, if you're looking at that saying, hey, that's kind of a lot of money per month and or per year, I can tell you that what I'm investing in, you know, uh, last analysis what I'm spending on my subscription to Spectora and what it provides in not needing to use a third-party calendaring or having it integrated. Third-party billing, chasing people, having to know what's been done, having automation built in with the online scheduling, all these systems that help you run when you're blanked out for 16 hours out of a day and out of reach, that, you know, the scared thing is gotta be I mean, this is generous, but it's one-tenth of what the expenses could be to actually, if you went out to farm and contract all these services that you guys have provided with us, and I've seen it in some of the fledgling stages and some of the growing pains, but I'd love to be part of it because as we talked about, you know, we got to really dive in and and poke at things and, hey, what's this do? (laughs) And, you know, that kind of (laughs) thing. Yep. But having having the the backup and the live backup and everything contained in the app. I don't know if anybody that's going to be listening to this has ever had this happen, but when you have an app that you're using, it may be totally functional. You may be comfortable with it. You may be, you know, it may bring you a great product, but if you have to do anything outside of that app to send a message, to send an email, to take a call, whatever, you know that the likelihood of squirrel is huge. You're going to see the shiny things and you can get distracted and, or you end up talking about, you know, world of warfare, uh, uh, Warcraft or, you know, what's happening on the, you know, did you see the last angry, angry birds update or, you know, smashing pumpkins or whatever. Um, You know, you're on the roof all of a sudden in a side conversation and your, your client walks outside and they're watching you. And they realize you're having a conversation and not doing anything that had to do with their, uh, your time that you've committed to them. That's a side tangent, but that hasn't happened to me, but I've seen it happen. Um, other people that I've been working around on a job, they're there to do something in coordination with our time there. And they go off on a, on a talking about the barbecue or, you know, the bike ride last week or whatever. And they, I watch, see the perplexed look on, the client's face, but what are you doing? You know, I, I only have this much time. I'm on my lunch break, whatever, you know, what I have found in the value, it's exponential. I can't even put a dollar amount on it to talk about everything is self-contained in Spectora. You want to send a message, you do it from the app. You want to sign your agreement that hasn't been signed yet. When they arrive, do it on the app. Um, make the payment, do it on the app. Everything is self-contained. You have less distraction. You have so much efficiency. So if you're on the border, you're new, you think that monthly subscription looks like a lot of money, you should attempt, well, just, I'm going to say something facetious. I'm going to say something bold. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) And um, just my hosting package alone was going to be, you know, 300 bucks and I'm not, you know, this isn't a debate if other things aren't available, but you know, the type of the, the, the strength and the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the strength of the network and what I needed and the kind of backup. Great. And then if I was to subscribe to a customer relations service and then my financing or making payments happen, and then the upkeep of my software and, and all of these things, you would be spending thousands and thousands of dollars a month and, and not have necessarily the personal support that you guys provide for us 
and give us not only technologically, well, technology is what starts it all. The heart of what you do is built into why you're doing it. So right. you do business like we like to do business and that's why it works so well. Well said. Well said, sir. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Is there anything, you know, is there anything I didn't ask you that you wish I would have or anything that you want to just get out there in the world um, as we wrap up here? Um, you know, I, I so much in my core principles desire to not be misunderstood. Anybody that might be listening, <laughs> I know I went off on a few tangents in a few different directions, but I'm hoping that that was cohesive enough that it planted some seeds of greatness or had some golden nuggets in there that if they're not visibly, you know, apparent right now, that as you go through experimenting with Spectora, growing in Spectora, growing your business, that they will come to, that they will come to fruition. They'll come to life as something of value because I definitely don't have all the answers. I would never claim to be perfect, but I care. And I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to, uh, I'm excited to see how the podcast will bring other people, other styles, other, you know, inspectors, other, you know, industry leaders in, in the future and just build this to be just an incredibly valuable service system and society. How can people get in contact with you if they felt your vibe, if they picked up what you've been putting down? What's the best way to say, hey, I, I want to talk to that guy? <laughs> cool. You can find me in Spectora or you can email me at technicalhome4.0. Technicalhome4.0 at gmail.com. And you could contact me on my website, bpipro.co, Bulletproof Inspection Pro, bpipro.co. And then that, you know, that's a great way to start in case I'm out of reach. Cool. <laughs> and then I'll get the messages and we can go from there down the road. I love it. I'll put a, I'll put those in the notes um, with the episode and um, yeah, cool, I'm man. sure you'll get a few people uh, wanting to just network and have these side conversations. Cause that's where so much of the value I think is. Yeah. We, we, we had, you know, an experience several years ago uh, becoming uh, level one thermographers interacting with all the different industries along with home inspectors. And sure enough, a home inspector in New Mexico needed something in a nearby city. He couldn't be there. And lo and behold, who did he call? <laughs> I love it. All right. And you well, know, that, that goes two ways. It reciprocates. I was uh, just saying the same thing. I appreciate you taking the time and having me on. It took us, yeah, it took us a little bit to get it coordinated, but I, I appreciate you making the time and uh, I'm sure this will be a good one. So uh, thanks again, Bullet. Hey, right on. Thank you, Ace.